The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with 12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports with two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with 12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas, play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. I'm joined as always by G. Hey Wiley and Jake Dicker. How are we doing on this beautiful Friday? You know, I mean, I'm doing, I, I wish I was doing better. I know the Angels are doing great, so good for them. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of crummy right now. But I'm looking forward to the weekend, Arash, so that's like my saving grace right now. Uh, stinking Rangers, and I know we're going to get into that because they had that game in the third. But, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just a little bummed. They got my hopes up so high uh, to make it past the Eastern Conference Finals and maybe even to uh, continue on with that home uh, that home stretch, that the, that winning streak that they've been going on um, in these playoff series. But so I'm a little bummed. I'm a little bummed. But it's Friday, so yay Friday. I'm trying to move on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't really have a dog in this Rangers series or the NBA Finals, so I don't have any sports bringing me down for better or for worse. I wish my teams were there. Um, but I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Awesome. Yeah, a lot to get into. Again, we are about to find out who's going to be playing in the Stanley Cup Final. We are already into a game four of the NBA final. So with that said, let's get to today's rundown brought to you by Circus Sports, Circus Millions, and Circus Survivor Pro Football Contest are back with 12 million in guaranteed prizes. Visit CircusSports.com for details. Hit it, Jihei. Well, the Tampa Bay Lightning whooped on my flipping New York Rangers um, a three um, three to one on Thursday night guys to take a three to two lead in the Eastern Conference final the Rangers won the first two games of the series but are now one loss away from being eliminated can the Rangers come back and win the series um, if not can Tampa possibly go on to beat Colorado and win three straight Stanley Cup finals listen GK this is uh, I know a, a tough sore subject for you obviously it goes, goes without saying that the momentum has shifted uh, New York won the first two games of that series in New York, and and they they did what they had to do in protecting home ice, Tampa Bay. And we've talked about this as it relates to the Warriors, the heart of a champion. That that kind of mindset that you have to have. They've won back to back Stanley Cup Finals. A little bit reminiscent, I think, of the uh, Kings. You know, I remember when they won the Stanley Cup Final. And, uh, uh, you know, two years after the fact, they lose the first three games of the first round series to San Jose. And everyone's saying that they're done. I said, don't count them out yet. They got the heart of a champion. They came back to win four straight. We'll see what happens. Obviously, now that Tampa Bay is in a position to close out that series back home, I think that they do that. That being said, I do think Colorado is the superior team. The Avs have been, I think, the best team in the league this season. I don't want to count out your New York Rangers, G.A., but you've said it for a while that 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 this run 
the fact that they're playing game six of the Eastern Conference Finals is more than you expected of this team. So, yeah, we'll yeah, I, I we'll, think we'll see. Yeah, I, I think I, I think they're playing way ahead of schedule, right? Um, especially with that kid line they're they're performing above and beyond. I think, you know, Kreider is still definitely you know our leader and he's doing extremely well i mean shesterch and i mean you can't even you can't even talk about the run that the goalie has had for the new york rangers without glowing and beaming with pride right now so you know the fact that they're even in this situation right now where they're vying for the eastern conference finals is phenomenal i think for any fan right now that has realistic views of the new york rangers and where they should be as opposed to where they currently are we weren't used to make it past pittsburgh so you know what i could be i could couldn't even be more ecstatic i will however say this they've been there before i think this is twofold i'm kind of i'm trying to get back that this loss is finally hitting me um but they've been down before this entire series by the way this entire time they have been down um when they were against pittsburgh they were down three to one when they were um you know when they played against carolina they were down um, three to two. So I, I think they're used to coming from behind. It is a little difficult, though, that you, they didn't win at home, considering they've had one loss at home prior to this loss. So I think that's that's really rough, and that's going to be a tough pill to swallow. But I hope they come back guns blazing, and you know I hope that that fight at the very end of the game, um, you know that kind of fire. Um, stays with them when they go to Tampa because they need something to fight for. And I feel like, and there were a lot of missed shots as well. Um, one in particular that stands out was in the second when it should be three, it should have been three, two at the worst instead of three, one, right? Um, or it should have just been tied at that point, to be honest with you, but they missed. Uh, they missed some wide open shots, and th- and that's just due to inexperience. That's just due to the fact that they haven't been there before. Where they're, you know, this is their some of these guys. This is their first run getting towards the cup, so they're taking it in stride. They're learning, and I-, I think these are the battle wounds that they're going to have to have in order to maybe make it past this. So. I'm still hopeful. I'm not as hopeful as I think a lot of other Ranger fans are thinking that we're going to win the entire thing, but I am still hopeful they'll make it competitive and go to a game seven for sure. Yeah, I think it's I think it's tough to win a seven game series when you're down, especially when you win games one and two and lose and drop three, four and five, especially the way that they've lost four and five two late third period goals, one coming in the last minute. But, you know, Young teams, you could say the Rangers may be a year ahead of schedule. They often fold when they face playoff series deficits, right? And we've counted this team out. I counted them out in two different series now where they've come back and they've won when they've been behind in series. So it's nothing, as Jay said, it's nothing new to them. Look, if they can win game six on the road in Tampa, they got game seven on home ice where they've been incredible all, uh, all postseason. So do I think it happens? Probably not, but if they can steal game six, I think they got as good of a chance as anyone in game seven. In terms of a Stanley Cup final, I think the Avs are just so much better um, as a complete team than both teams coming out of the East right now. I don't think that we've seen anyone slow Colorado down all year um, and having it come in a Stanley Cup final would be a surprise to me. Yeah, unfortunately, I agree with both of you. I think um, if the Rangers do make it past the Eastern Conference and make it to the divide for a Stanley Cup against Colorado, they're gonna those brooms are gonna come out and they're gonna get swept. But you know what? Again, I'm just happy that they're there, right? That they're vying for a cup. I mean, there's how many teams in in the league, and they're they're the last four stand or they're the last two standing, I guess, at this current one time because Colorado's already you know there. But they're the last two standing right now. So I mean, that's something to hang your hat on, considering they're I think that they're a year ahead of schedule. 
Well, Golden State Warriors, they know a little bit about winning, but they also know about losing. They're playing the Boston Celtics in Game 4 of the NBA Finals tonight. The Celtics have a 2-1 to series lead right now. Is tonight a must-win game for the Warriors, guys? It's a little bit of a must-win game, because here's the thing. You don't want to ever fall down 3-1 and be in a position where you are having to win three straight games to win a championship. That being said, the Warriors have been on both sides of this coin, uh, you know, during their 70, what is it, 73 win season where they had to come back from 3-1 down to beat OKC, and then they lost a 3-1 series lead to Cleveland. So they, they know what it's like to lose that lead. They know what it's like to close out. Uh, so, um, but, but that being said, I, I still think this is a must-win game. Uh, you don't want to fall down. A bigger uh, thing here is how they look. I mean, for the first time in this entire series in Game 3, the Celtics look like the superior team. Uh, in Game 1, the Warriors had a 15-point lead late. They blew it. They came back and they said, listen, we're the we're the better team. They dominated the Celtics for that entirety of that game. So through the first two games, the Celtics had only really outplayed the Warriors for about 12 minutes. That was not the case in uh, Game 3. They they showed on their home court they were the superior team. So with all that said, I do think it's a must-win game for the Warriors to close out this game and figure out a way tie up the series 2-2. And I think... what. Like, if that happens, guys, we have a classic seven-game series, which is, I think, what we were all hoping for. Yeah, I think, you know, to every point that Raj made, I agree with every single one of them, you just need to avoid falling down 3-1. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but the percentage of teams, especially in NBA Finals, that can come down from a 3-1 deficit is is incredibly low, Um, especially when you're going to have to play a game uh, on the road. It just puts you in a must-win situation back to back to back, which is going to mount an extreme amount of pressure on these guys. Um, but yeah, I think Golden State needs to find a way to come out on top and tie this series at two. Try to take a three-two lead at home. If not, I think Boston's going to, you know, sit ring number eighteen. I mean, so I, I love that you guys are saying that, or at least Jake, I love that you're saying that. You know, they could possibly win. Um, you know, number 18. I know you guys are Lakers fans and you'd probably hate it, but um, I, they did have a little bit of help. Um, and that, that's Boston, who I'm talking about, um, with Scott Foster at the home. Um, but that being said, but that that being said, that being said, they still had a ridiculously great game with Marcus Smart. If Marcus Smart can play that way and get in their head and Boston fans also can get in the head of Draymond Green, who had a horrendous game and cared more about his podcast than anything you know than actually playing the game um at, at least in some other people's opinions i'm not saying that that's my opinion i'm just saying that that's what's been said um you know then the warriors are kind of in deep trouble and then curry does say that he is you know he's ready so i i think that this th- i think this team is it, i still think that this team it's going to be a game seven series regardless i, I think in my personal opinion i think um it's going to be a Still, Celt- I'm still staying Celtics in seven, and I'm hoping for a great, um, a great playoff. So, that being said, let's move forward because I feel like we give them a lot of pre- presser, even though I know it's the it's the NBA Finals. Um, we're gonna give somebody else a little bit more 
press time, a little more media time, <laughs> and Mr. LeBron James over here, whose net worth was recently valued north of $1 billion by Forbes, has made it known for years that he plans to own an NBA team when he's finished playing. Now that vision has a location. James said he um, wants a team in Las Vegas. Uh, do you guys think LeBron James will make a good NBA owner, and do you think Las Vegas would make a good NBA city? It's really important to point out, because this will get headlines, that LeBron James is not going to fully own the team. He's not going to be the majority owner of this team. Again, sports franchises right now is crazy. I mean, the, the Denver Broncos just sold for $5 billion. Um, the Houston Rockets a couple of years ago, or even more than a couple of years ago, sold for $2.5 billion. The, the, the team in Vegas will sell for north of $2 billion. So while it is an amazing accomplishment for LeBron James's net worth to be north of $1 billion he will be a partial owner of the team again we've seen this before when magic johnson bought into the dodgers his percentage was less than one percent when jay-z owned the brooklyn nets his percentage was less than half of one percent so yes lebron james i totally believe it and I, I don't think he's just floating this idea I think the NBA knows that they're in Las Vegas. They need a superstar one way or the other. And whether that's a player or someone who's an executive, LeBron James, you cannot beat that. And so whether he owns, I don't know, 1%, 2%, 5%, 10%, he will be a partial owner of this team. I think Las Vegas will be a fantastic town. By the way, I always thought Vegas as a sports town would be a great basketball town. It is the home of UNLV, the Running Rebels, Jerry the Shark Tarkinian. They, I, I always thought they would get pro basketball. The fact that they are now the home of the uh, of hockey, of football, of the Raiders, of the Golden Knights, and all this, and, and like the last league that's going to show up to town is basketball is crazy. So I do think in Las Vegas is a basketball town. They are a pro sports town. They will be a fantastic town for the NBA. And I think LeBron James, in whatever role he per he is, uh, and I, again, I, I think it, it'll be a listen, let's just say like a 10% owner of the team. He's going to make the most of that and he's going to put that team straight on the map. And by the way, wouldn't be shocked at this point in his career if he retires and if he came back like all of Michael Jordan with the Washington Wizards played one last season there in Sin City, <laughs> there in Las Vegas. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm sure that everybody for nostalgia would love that, right? Like his last years in Vegas, I guess. I don't know. I, I think that that would be a little bit more of a sideshow than anything <laughs> else. But, um, but you know, yeah, as long as he's not a majority owner and he's not, you know, in the day to day, I'm, I think that it's great. It's wonderful. It's where, it's where he should be, right? I mean, this is his job. Basketball is what brought him, you know, to, um, what gave, gave him the, this attention, right? So why not have a career all the way in basketball as an owner or a partial owner? I kind of just am really hoping that he's kind of like the restaurateur that just is the is the um, silent money and just sits there, kicks back and enjoys the fruits of his labor and enjoys that his money is being invested in this team as opposed to being part of the day-to-day. -day. That's just me personally because um, I just don't think that he'd be a good GM or make certain decisions like that and, or should make certain decisions like that. But if he wants to own a team, by all means and Vegas psh, heck to the yeah Vegas is a great sports town in general and it's going to be a great NBA city uh, everybody loves ball like from the summer league you know to even the WNBA they they support 
everything basketball in that town. UNLV, um, as you mentioned, Arash. So yeah, I'm I'm all for this. You know, go go nuts, King James. If you want to own a team in Vegas, just please, please, please do not be included in the day to day. Outsource that. Let somebody else do that. Let you know that might be above your pay grade, there, buddy. But I I, th- I think good for you if you want to own a team. Go nuts. Yeah, I was gonna say we didn't mention the the aces in Vegas with you know that's the right players yeah. in the league and former number one overall pick Asia Wilson just hired yeah. Becky Hammond mm-hmm. as their head coach. So you know they're doing the WNBA is flourishing in Vegas. I think it's a great the NBA is gonna get there eventually. Um, I think that's a, that's a given. I think it's gonna be a great basketball city. And in terms of LeBron. I think it, regardless of how minuscule his percentage is, he'll be it'll be a Magic Johnson Dodgers type yeah. situation where he's the, the face of the ownership group, regardless if he's a 0.02% owner. Um, and as an as a fan of a, of a team, all you want is your owners to want to spend money and go out and win. And regardless of how much of the team LeBron owns, he'll be a voice um, in that room that's encouraging spending money and winning because you know that's what LeBron loves to do, which I think is great for any sport. <laughs> um, so yeah, as, as, as GA said, as long as he's not involved in the day-to-day um, basketball operations, I, I think it's great for you know what he wants to do, and I think it's great for the sport of basketball in the NBA. Absolutely. Well, speaking of winning, which I know LeBron's not doing right now, but the Angels, <laughs> they broke. Their, I know, I'm throwing a lot of shade at him. So sorry, LeBron, if you're even listening to this. Um, sorry for the shade. I don't mean it, um, you know, meanly. But the Angels, they broke their 14-game losing streak by beating the Boston Red Sox last night. 5-2, to two. Shohei, Showtime, Otani got the win, pitching seven innings and allowing, allowing one earned run and striking out six. He also hit a two-run home run, guys. Can the Angels possibly turn their season around with this W? You know what? I I don't know if they're going to turn the season around, but it's a heck of an accomplishment, right? For them to, to for them to finally win a game. As crazy as that sounds, but when you lose fourteen straight games, uh, it, it gets to you. And in in that fourteen game losing streak cost the job of Joe Madden and who I thought was such an amazing hire for this team, a guy that that that, that took the Tampa Bay Rays to the World Series, a guy that helped the, the Chicago Cubs win their first World Series in forever, over a hundred years. So um, a, an amazing uh, accomplishment in the fact that once you get that one win, once that happens, maybe that'll begin to turn this season around but I really want to put this streak into context the Angels streak was the longest ever for a team with the reigning most valuable player on its roster passing the 13th straight by the 1985 Chicago Cubs and the 11th straight by the 1995 Houston Astros Uh, again so they set a record not only was the 14th straight losses the most in franchise history it's the most in the history of baseball for a team with the most valuable player. Because we have to remember, this isn't some garbage team. They got Mike Trout on the roster. They got Shohei Otani on the roster. The reason that they, they were able to break that streak last night is Shohei Otani, the reigning most valuable player, pitched an amazing game and he hit a home run. I mean, the fact that you have those two guys and you lose 14 straight is an absolute joke. So, Jake, I mean, I, I don't know how that happens. I don't know how you walk into a clubhouse with that much talent and lose 14 straight because we've seen some really bad teams, uh, you know, not l- lose 14 straight games. That That, that, that is still mind-boggling. Yeah, 14 straight rarely never happens um but baseball players are streaky when you're hot we just saw what Mookie Betts did from the mid mid of May through the end of the month I mean when you're hot you're hot and when you're cold 
after Ice Cold, we just saw Mike Trout go a week and a half without getting a hit. So my, I guess my point is it can happen to anybody. It can happen at any time. Um, and losing that many games in a row, I think I said it the other day on the show, once they win the first one, it wouldn't surprise me if they rattle off three or four and kind of you know get back to what they were doing before this horrendous stretch, you know, this two-week stretch, 14 games. Um, Otani was great tonight. You nailed it. When you're, I mean, your best players are performing. That's what you need when you're going through tough times. Um, once Trout gets going too and Rendon, they got to get Rendon going. I think that's key. He's, you know, was a massive free agent signing for them and has not lived up to that contract. So I think if he gets going and they can get everyone firing on all, all cylinders once again, they'll they'll be the team that we saw at the beginning of the year. Yeah, you know what? I'm never doubting Nickelback ever again. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm good on Nickelback. Like, if they want to play Nickelback, then g- God bless them. I mean, yeah, you know, Jake, you're right. When you are, when you're, when your team is up, you're up, and when you're down, you're down. When you are streaky, you are streaky. When you are not hitting, you're not hitting, and that's just, I think, what they're just experiencing, right? And then that bullpen, which they didn't, fortunately, really need. That you know, they only needed their closer um, to to help them out and do do their bidding kind of thing. So it worked out for them today. Let's let's hope that they get a run in. Let's just hope. I mean, but here's 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 the thing about that. I, I what I'm still trying to figure out is how a team that I felt. Uh, again a couple of weeks ago was one of the top five teams in baseball how you lose 14 straight games again we'll 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 figure that out as we go on we'll we'll bring on um michael duarte to talk about that but let's leave it there for now when uh, we come back as i mentioned we will be joined by our good friend michael duarte to talk about the dodgers the angels the rams and so much more when we come back right here on the mightier 1090 espn radio in southern california 98.5 the fan in las vegas and the hawaii sports radio network We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rake. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with 12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or a comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Los Angeles, Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline, 310-400-0340. Okay, let's go out to the Circa Sports Guest Hotline now. Circa Millions and Circa Survivor Pro Football Contest with $12 million in guaranteed prizes are back. Visit CircaSports.com for details. And here he is, our good friend from KNBC4 in Los Angeles, Michael Duarte. Michael, how are you? Arash, praise be, blessed be the fruit. The Angels have finally <laughs> won a baseball game. Well, let's start there, Michael. We are talking to you on a Friday, and last night was an amazing moment. Uh, Michael, I was in Hawaii, and as you know, uh, you know a lot of uh, fans here. By the way, Hawaii, the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 
the home of the Angels here in Hawaii. Uh, they, they were watching Shohei Otani was pitching. That's always a big deal here in Hawaii. Uh, pitched an amazing game, hit a home run, and Michael, for the first time after 14 game losing streak. Michael, 14 game losing streak. You've been covering baseball for such a long time. I don't know if you've covered a team or seen this happen. They broke their 14 game losing streak. Your thoughts on what the heck has gone on with the Angels during that streak? They go from one of the best teams in baseball to being below 500 and they lose their manager. They fire Joe Madden, the World Series champion manager. Michael, what is to make of I don't want to say the other team in Los Angeles, but what is to make of the Angels? Yeah, Rush, the last time I saw a team lose 11 straight games or that many games as the Angels lost, I know they lost 14. I'm choosing 11 because that was the 2017 Los Angeles Dodgers uh, at the tail end of that season that ended in them getting shafted. Uh, in the World Series yeah. by the cheating Houston Astros. That's so right, Michael. People forget about that. I mean, that was well, that was one of, if not, yeah, yeah, one of the best teams in baseball history. And then they went on a crazy eleven game losing streak. <laughs> Nobody thought they'd win again at the end of that season. Yeah. They were like, "What is happening?" And they were so far in front, though, that they could like cushion and and withstand that losing streak. But you know, Perry Myerson, the general manager of the Anaheim Angels, if you are listening, it is possible to go on a losing streak, you know, maybe not 14, but not have to fire your manager uh, and still write the ship and still make it to the World Series and arguably, you know, win the World Series if the other team wasn't cheating to beat you. So, you know, there's a lot to, to unravel here, like my grandmother's ball of yarn that she knits <laughs> with here. First of all, the Angels lost more games during this losing streak than Phil Mickelson at the Sportsbook. And second of oh, all, I don't know if I was, I mean, I, I don't know, Raj, I'd like to know your take on this. I think I was more shocked than an episode of Stranger Things when they did fire Joe Madden. It was one of those things where you could kind of see like something had to go because who knew when this losing streak would stop? Not even Nickelback could save this losing streak or Rush. Um, I don't know if you know that, but after 12 games, uh, when, they, <laughs> when they named Phil Nevin the manager, the Angels changed every single player, changed their walk-up music to Nickelback in the hopes of ending the curse. And Arash, let's not get it twisted. This is the curse of the Angels Stadium sale that fell apart, cost the mayor of Anaheim his job, Artie Murray to end it. But I'm, I'm curious on what you thought of the Joe Madden firing rush. Listen, the Joe Madden firing was really unfortunate uh, because I really like Joe Madden as a person. I like him as a manager. I think when you look at his track record in terms of what he's done during his career, um, listen, I mean, Tampa Bay, what he did with Tampa Bay, a team that wasn't expected to to, to do a whole lot, uh, you know, being a, a World Series contending team, you know, going all the way to the World Series. And then again, I mean, like how he'll be remembered forever and no matter what he did here in Los Angeles. But uh, I mean, he led the Chicago Cubs back to their first World Series in over 100 years. So, um, you know, when when he came back home and this was always home for him by the way i always felt like listen this is the manager that they need they got two of the top five players in the game they got mike trout they got Shohei otani two transcendent talents this is the manager to do it and for whatever reason it, it just didn't work and it's unfortunate but but you know you don't lose 14 games in a row um and, and there's not something more there and I, i'm not it's for sure not all on joe madden but I think there, there is a point in time where you do lose the clubhouse, where there is not that confidence in you. 
so I hate to see it happen, and it's unfortunate. And I don't know if they'll be able to turn their season around. But um, no, like I'm 100% shocked by it. But I do think it is a decision that when you talk to the people around the franchise, it's a decision that they had to make. Um, we do have to talk about the most popular baseball team in Los Angeles, the Los Angeles Dodgers. And uh, Michael, they get Max Muncy back. And what a kind of a fun moment there for Max Muncy where White Sox manager Tony La Russa, he ordered an intentional walk to Trey Turner with a one-two count. And uh, really, Max Muncy obviously took took that personally. Uh, listen, I mean, if, if you're just going off statistics going into the game, um, he was hitting 150 to Turner's 303 uh your thoughts on a max muncie coming back and be that moment yeah rosh before we jump into the max muncie dodgers one thing i want to say about the joe madden thing and you might be right we might find out from from members of that angels clubhouse that indeed joe madden had lost them and they weren't playing as hard or whatever but you know somewhere in the middle of that losing streak if Joe Madden had just done what he had done early in the season, which had us all scratching our heads more than Tony La Russa is scratching his head after his decision for Trey Turner to bring up what you just mentioned, was he had the bases loaded against the Phillies, a four-run lead, and Phil and uh, and Bryce Harper up to bat, and. Earlier in the season, in that same situation, he walked Corey Seager intentionally yeah, to let a run score and then got out of it. Had he done the same thing in that game, walked Bryce Harper intentionally, cut the four-run lead to three, and then got the next out, the losing streak ends, it's over. Joe Madden might still have a job right now. They never reach 14 games. We yeah. never have to hear Nickelback for four straight hours again <laughs> in Anaheim. But instead... They pitched to Bryce Harper. He hits a grand slam. They end up losing that game uh, 9-7 in the ninth. So just, you know, revisionist history, I guess, but just crazy to think little decisions in baseball what could have changed everyone's fortunes in that case. But, yes, let's go back to that's the most important part of of the Dodgers' series victory over the White Sox that concluded on Thursday. Uh, Here we are on Friday, Arash. I know you are in beautiful Hawaii. (laughs) You know, how great is Arash that he actually goes to his listeners and meets them one by one out in Hawaii. Oh my gosh, what you must be doing to schlep it like that. But there is nothing as extravagant and full of promise as a Hawaiian sunset. So I'm glad you get to to enjoy that. But that was the biggest takeaway from from the Dodgers. You know, they erased a four-run deficit in that game, that, that third game. Uh, the rubber match of the series against the White Sox. Uh, And it was Max Muncy's opening day, basically. You know, he has completely washed away the first couple months of the season. He took 10 days off. He went and did a rehab assignment. He helped the the Oklahoma City Dodgers win a game with a walk-up home run that looked like he hit it 1,000 feet. So it's good to see Max Muncy's confidence back. And as many people pointed out, look, I am not going to bury Tony La Russa the way most people right now on social media are doing. Look, it was a very strange move uh, when you have Trey Turner in the whole one-two uh, to intentionally walk him. But look, I've seen the stats that that Tony La Russa was talking about in his post-game comments. Look, a ball got away from Yasmani Grandal. Uh, that's about as common as the sun shining and, and the sun setting on a daily basis. And that allowed Freddie Freeman to go to second. So now you have first base open. You have the reigning National League batting champion at the plate. He's the fastest guy in the team. Earlier, he kept a drive alive to, to have that six-run fourth inning by beating out a routine ground ball to third base. 
Like that's how fast and good Trey Turner is. And with he has two strikes against a left-handed pitcher, he's batting 270. Yes, the average hitter with two strikes on them is like, you know, batting 100 to get a base hit. But you have Max Muncy battling buck 25 on the season. He's just come back. He's been struggling. I still think, yeah, you know, maybe throw one or two more pitches to Trey Turner, nothing inside the zone. And if you can't get him, walk him that way. But he wanted to go lefty on lefty and play the matchup, play the analytics and face Max Muncy. And he awoke a sleeping bear. Yeah. Max, Max Muncy's bat was limper than a French handshake before that. And now the guy has an RBI double, a, th- a big three run home run, five RBIs. His confidence is through the roof. And I haven't seen him angry and talking smack like that since the get it out of the ocean against Madison Bumgarner. And that's how he felt um, disrespected in a way. He said after the game, he understood it, but disrespected that you're going to intentionally walk a guy one, two to get to him. And he made him pay with that three run home run. So hopefully that woke up Muncie. And if Muncie's right, with the rest of this Dodgers lineup, oh, man, watch out for the rest of the National League. Michael, you were at the Darvinham uh, Lakers press conference. I think the, the, the big takeaway from that, again, a, a, a great press conference by, you know, again, I, I don't know how you judge those, but I think he did a fantastic job. Um, Russell Westbrook was there, and when the doors flew open uh, for the beginning of that press conference, you had Rob Palenka walk out, you had Darvin Ham walk out, and then right behind them, a smiling Russell Westbrook. What does that mean? It uh, does look like, at the very least, Russell Westbrook will be back with this team next season. Yeah, Rush, I saw you tweet that he came out all smiles, and I'm looking around me going, where's Rush? <laughs> looking, looking behind the step and repeat and the banner, and I was like, where is he? But yeah, I, I saw it too. I was off to the right-hand side uh, uh, taking some video of Darvin Ham coming out of the back office there and, and Russell Westbrook following him out. Um, you're right. He, he did nail the press conference. I think the quote, um, which I had told you to go check out last week on NBCLA, uh, I, I wrote, five facts about Darvin Ham so people to know about this guy as we were talking about him last week. The fact that we talked about it on your show, the fact that when he was 14 years old, he got caught in a gunfire and yeah. shot in the jaw with the bullet lodged in the back of his neck, had to go into surgery and the doctor takes the bullet out, shows it to him and says, you were centimeters from being gone. You are wow. lucky to be alive. And that was the comment when asked in the press conference, someone said, you realize the pressure that, that, being the head coach of the Lakers comes with. You realize you have to be a different animal. You realize you have to to be built differently to be the head coach of the Lakers. Everyone expects championship or bust. And I love his answer. He said, and he named the exact date I wrote about when he was shot. He said, I grew up in Saginaw, Michigan, which we talked about on your show, same place Draymond Green is from. He yeah. said, I lived, I lived right behind a liquor store and a strip club my whole life. I got shot in the jaw when I was 14 years old, had the bullet removed from the back of my neck. That either makes you fearless or fearful, and it made him fearless. And that's why he's he's you know, the players coach he is. That's why all the players speak so highly of him. You've heard all the guys in leagues cr- tweet out congratulations that he finally got this head coaching job. So he nailed all those parts of it. Uh, Two points I want to make on this. Yes, it appears that Russell Westbrook will be staying with the team. The fact that he was there for the press conference, that he was doing all the right things. That doesn't mean somebody could blow the Lakers out of the water with a trade, which you and I are probably praying to the Lord above for. (laughs) But everything that was said, it sounds like Darvin Ham, and w- when we heard through all the interview process, all these coaches were asked how they're going to incorporate Russell Westbrook, that Russell Westbrook is likely staying, and they're not going to cut him or stretch that $47 million he has coming up. Two interesting facts I want to point out. One, 
It was uh, Dylan Hernandez of the Los Angeles Times, and you and I both know Dylan. We can always rely on Dylan to ask the uncomfortable questions for people. And of course, Dylan asked, uh, have you spoken to Russell Westbrook? And if so, have you talked about his role next season, like perhaps coming off the bench? Soon as Dylan asked that question, I immediately looked to Westbrook, who was sitting about 50 feet to my right, right next to Austin Reeves, right next, right next to Wenyan Gabriel. Stanley Johnson was seated right next to me in the back of that press conference. And Russell Westbrook immediately, when he said, come off the bench, looked to Austin Reeves, looked to Wenyan Gabriel, said something kind of out of the side of his mouth, and they all started laughing together. Uh, that pretty much shows and says what Westbrook thinks about that. He yeah. reiterated that sense and feeling all last season. And it just tells me he's still a me guy, not a we guy. And that's what bothers me the most about Westbrook still being on this team uh, coming up next year. And then the, the next last thing I'll say about this press conference was Darvin Ham talked a lot about defense. Now everything starts on defense. He's going to run a, a a four out one in offensive scheme, but that all that is is centered around defense and centered around Anthony Davis playing defense. And it sounded like if you could read the, between the lines uh, in Darvin Ham's press conference that Anthony Davis will be playing a lot at the five, which we know he doesn't want to do, but he'll be playing a lot at the five next season, which also gets him beat up and injured too. So that's something to think about. But Defense, defense, defense. Darvin Ham preached defense multiple times. And I'm sitting there scratching my head, Arash, thinking, didn't we just get rid of one of the best defensive head coaches in yeah, the league? Uh, didn't we just fire Frank Vogel, who's a defensive-minded head coach, who even when he didn't have LeBron James and Anthony Davis for half the 2021 season, still had them as the top-rated defense in the NBA, always yeah. a top-five defense outside of last year. I'm not sure how Darvin Ham is going to improve that side of the ball. Um, I agree with everything else he said, but it's interesting how much he preached defense when the Lakers had just fired a very defensive-minded head coach prior to that. I mean, there's no doubt about that, Mike. I mean, people forget when the Lakers won a championship, they were one of the best defensive teams in the league. And even the year that they uh, lost to the Phoenix Suns, prior to LeBron James going down and Anthony Davis going down. They were, if not one of, they were the best defensive team in the league. When they forgot how to play defense, that was the end of the team. I mean, I mean, you, you, you could talk about health and all that, but like, you know, you have to buy in to defense. Uh, last question for you here, Michael, uh, you know, a, a big week for the Rams. They lock up here in Donald long-term highest paid non-quarterback in the league. They lock up Cooper cup long-term highest paid wide receiver in the league in terms of guaranteed money. Hey, how do they do that <laughs> in terms of the salary cap? They figured out a way to pay all their guys, but, uh, you know, be long-term or at least in the short term within the next couple of years, Michael, they've really locked up their core here. Yeah, Rosh, you know, and we talked about it again on last week's show. I was like, Aaron Donald's going to be at that wedding, Arash. That's there right. ain't no way a contract's getting done if you're at the wedding. And also we find out that OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr., crashed the wedding. And as Sean McVay said the next day, if you crash my wedding, then you better be signing with the Rams. I think that might be a good indicator, no. uh, especially with the money they freed up. And I know it doesn't make sense. What, you sign Aaron Donald to a $60 million pay raise? Um, you sign Cooper Cup to an extension, give him a raise? How do you also have money to get Odell Beckham Jr.? How do you have all this money? I'll explain it to you. Aaron Donald's cap hit before that wedding was $9.5 million for the upcoming season. Do you know what his cap hit is now, Rush? $1.5 million wow. for the 2022 season as far as what he's going to make. So what they did by restructuring these deals 
was pay them less in 2022. So they have room to go get an Odell Beckham Jr. And they're going to be paying these guys so much money four or five years down the road yeah. that they're not even worried about it right now. They're kicking the can so far down the road and just praying that the salary cap expands, that some of these guys retire, that they'll be able to cut them. That's different ways. Guaranteed money is the new big thing. That was my takeaway from these contracts. But what the Rams have proven to free agents out there is you come here, you play your butt off, you have a great season, you win a title, we will reward you and we will keep you around long term. Uh, of course, ignore what they did to Todd Gurley, ignore what they did to Jared Goff. But outside of that, you can see that these guys reward the players that help them bring the chip home, bring the title home. And they've, they've done that consistently since they've been in LA. They've given guys big contracts uh, when they've performed uh, and then shipped them out when they don't. So uh, just be aware of that if you're a player coming in. But I think it behooves a lot of players who want to come play for the Rams to know that this organization takes care of their guys, pays their guys, and gives them guaranteed money, which is all the players care about, uh, when you perform well as a reward. So Rams are looking good. They're looking stacked and that core is together now for the next few years. So like I said, with the National League and the Dodgers, watch out to the NFC uh, for the Rams coming next year and the next few years. Michael, last minute or so with you. Uh, but the, the significance of doing that here in Los Angeles, and I love that the Rams have taken this approach. You have to win in Los Angeles, and you cannot, after winning a Super Bowl, let your superstar players either leave in retirement or go to the broadcast booth or, or, or whatnot. I love that the Rams have done this. They have really made it a point to put on a championship product year uh, you know, I mean, this is their second Super Bowl trip and their first championship. I love what they've done here. Yeah, exactly. No, we don't have much time here. But that, I mean, what the Rams are doing is more satisfying than an ice cream on a hot day. And we're in a heat wave here, Arash. I know you're not <laughs> in L.A., but we are. And you know what? The Rams have taken the model of what the Dodgers have done. They've taken the model of what the Lakers have done. And they realize this is a city of stars. You have to build around your stars and you have to pay your stars. Now, it's a lot easier in baseball with the minor league systems and the moves you can make and the lack of a salary cap to get depth like the Dodgers have, which is the something the Angels did not have, which is why the Angels went on a 14-game winning streak. Because when guys like Anthony Rendon get hurt and Mike Trout get hurt and the bullpen is not pitching well, you don't have the depth to kind of save you and bring you out of that. When everything's going wrong, the whole sky is falling. Uh, for the Rams, they don't have that luxury of depth. So they've been lucky, cross your fingers, that they've had no really big injuries in the last couple of years, just Robert Woods. And they were able to replace Robert Woods with OBJ in last year's Super Bowl run. But uh, they better hope again that none of these stars they locked up long-term get hurt or get injured because if any of them get hurt and are out for the season, they don't have a lot of depth behind them. So it's really all about keeping these guys together, keeping them healthy. And if you do that, then your core is good. And like I said, then they're competing with uh, the Lakers and, and Dodgers out there for favorite uh, professional team here in L.A. Exactly. And, and that they, they got that. They got that. And there was no guarantee that they were going to win a Super Bowl, but they got Von Miller. They got Dodell Beckham Jr. And more important than that, they got the Super Bowl championship trophy. Uh, Michael, you're the best. Let's do this again, as always, next week. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again on Monday. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe, stay healthy. West side, West side.
This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend, now a ghost in the dark. Hard part about it, brother got smoked by a fiend. Trying to floss on him, blind to a broken man's dream. A hard lesson, court cases keep him guessing. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.